0: Hello there, this is Mark Bauerlein with another conversation. Before we get to it, a word about our sponsor. The University of Dallas is a premier Catholic liberal arts institution, renowned for its rigorous core curriculum and thriving graduate programs. Careers in ministry, teaching, business, humanities, and science are formed here. With campuses in Texas and Rome, Italy, students begin their pursuit of a life well lived. We have two alums of Dallas here at First Things on staff, and they are both superb. For more information on the University of Dallas, visit udallas.edu. That's udallas.edu. Jeremy Tate joins us today. He's been with us a few times before. He is the founder and CEO of CLT, which I understand stands for College litigation tryouts. I believe that's correct. Uh welcome Jeremy. Did I get that right? You did. <laughs> that's
1: right. Hey, and Mark, uh, congrats to you. I think since the last time I was on this podcast, it has kind of blown up and a lot of my dear friends, it is their favorite podcast. So
0: Golly. Thanks
1: for speaking the truth and uh taking the filter off.
0: Thank you, thank you. So uh tell us about the exam. Just 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 sure. fill us in uh again. Who takes the exam? What versions are we at now?
1: Sure. Yeah, Mark. So quick recap. CLT launched in 2015, uh, right at the time that both the SAT and ACT aligned with the Common Core Standards. Uh, And you know, my background was running an SAT, ACT prep company, and I was shocked. I've heard you before describe the ELA standards in some states. This is basically what was on the SAT and the ACT, a bunch of garbage, but leaving off all of the good stuff. Uh, and what I, what I saw was that these tests are not just evaluative tools, but ultimately they impact and they even drive curriculum at the secondary level. You put Aristotle and Plato back on the test, it's going to fundamentally change what they're doing in the classroom. So that has been the vision. And I got to tell you, Mark, with Florida, holy smokes, this past spring, uh, Governor DeSantis got in a fight with the college board. Uh, CLT was on the, the good side of that fight, and uh, they added CLT as an option to bright futures, uh, including adoption in the whole University of Florida system, Florida State, University of Florida. Uh, And so we're up about 400% right now in terms of test takers. It's been wild. Really? Yes. Yeah, it's been wild.
0: Well, you know, at New College, we were talking about uh, the New College of Florida, where where I'm a a trustee starting last January, we were talking about bringing the CLT exam in way, way back in the spring. So uh, good to see the, the word has spread. Let me come back to you for a second. Uh, Jeremy, before you did the ACT, SED prep thing, you were a teacher, correct?
1: Right. I, I was a teacher and then had, had gone to seminary. And for me, you know, Mark, I was not really classically educated. And the closest thing I had to it was, was uh, about four years at Reformed Theological Seminary in D.C. where I, I first had a sense of how every other generation had been educated. And what that did was it kind of forced me to rethink um, what we had been doing in the classroom and the the basic purpose of education, which was no longer the cultivation of virtue, uh, but was really just this empty, soulless credentialing, push them through the system. Uh, And I think that's what what later led to launching CLT. You were a public school teacher before that? Yeah, for almost eight years. Taught for three years in inner city New York uh, at Progress High School in Brooklyn. And uh, what I saw there, uh, Mark, you wouldn't, I mean, kids getting caught having sex in the bathroom, uh, gang fights, tru- truancy. The cops would show up every day with 30 kids some days. Huh. Uh, and so it was uh, the community, the school was in a moral and spiritual crisis. And we were not dealing with that even a little bit.
0: Did, the, did, did you get the standard teacher training certification one year Ed school? Did you go through that?
1: You know, I went to LSU and I majored in education. And, and the only really helpful class I took was a survey course on the history of education. And uh, the professor, and this is a progressive, one of the points he made, I still remember this, was that basically nobody wanted what has become our, our mainstream K 12 schooling system, uh, especially the divorce between basically morality, forget religion, just the divorce between morality, even and these random subjects that they take
0: and in your in your teacher training uh the the history of education was the only class you took that had any historical traditionalist content to it the rest of it was theory pedagogy classroom management that kind of thing
1: yeah, yeah. Education, secondary education major, but a history focus. The history classes were great at LSU, you can't complain, but but a lot of the education classes were absolutely meaningless. And this was 2003, 2004, and I, I hear it's gotten far worse since
0: hmm. then. Well, yeah, you know, it, it's more, obviously more politicized, more about dispositions, SEL. I asked yeah. uh, one leading education uh, figure a while back, why, why do, You know, when I was young, you went into English, you know, I went into English and then I became an English teacher because it was it was because I was I was just deeply caught up in in Wallace Stevens and William Faulkner and and romantic Hmm. poetry. It was it was the old material that drew me in. And I, I, you know, how nice a life is it to spend my time talking uh, about, you know, sound and fury Uh, and and he he said no that's not they're going into it more for social social justice reasons at this point yeah and i said well i'm not sure they're going to make very good readers uh uh out of their out of their students in that case but anyway okay so but you left early you 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 left because you couldn't take it anymore you went into sat AC test, test prep you saw there come on this is this is again uh, a uh, becoming all utilitarian, let's put it that way. Sure,
1: and, and Mark, not, and not just SAT and ACT, but the overall influence of the college board as a whole. And, and it's amazing to me how many folks I talk to not even know what the college board is, yeah. right? This is a $1.2 billion empire that that owns and operates AP, AP tests, AB curriculum, PSAT, SAT, Accuplacer. They have a tremendous amount of influence and power. And I was really shocked when I got to a faithfully Catholic high school in 2013, uh, the influence that this this test had. And, you know, it, I saw this partly in the way we marketed. We would advertise and market on our AP scores and PSAT scores, a number of national merits. But also, um, when when these sweet Dominican sisters introduced an intro to philosophy class, hardly any kids signed up for it. And I was part of talking to them. Why didn't you sign up for philosophy? Because it's not AP. These are, exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. Yep.
0: Right. Right. So they it was it was the, the the colleges sort of authorized AP courses which then filter down to the kids who want to go to college. Totally. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Okay. Now, you say you weren't classically you didn't get really a classical education. You got exposed to it in seminary and you decided you you got impressed enough to say I want to initiate a project that is really classical education.
1: Uh, Yeah. and, And I'd say, Mark, two notes before that, you know, when I went to Louisiana state, I started as a journalism major, but back then you had to take Western Civ. Everybody did. It was part of the core curriculum. I don't think it is anymore, but it was back then. And I was three or four classes into that class and I was riveted and I walked straight out of class. I remember this and I walked straight to the registrar and I changed my major to history. And later I changed it to secondary ed with a history focus. Um, But I had no intentions of being interested in history at all. Hmm. But it was because they required me to take this Western Civ class uh, that it was the beginning uh, of a fascination with with our history.
0: Do you know, Jeremy, that your story of being converted into a humanities major by taking a a required humanities class in Western Civ, that's a common story. When, I I go into this a little bit in, in my last book, when Stanford got rid of Western Civ, a year of Western Civ in 1969, uh, they got rid of that required class and they went for, again, a more, a more elective system, a little more diversity in there. What happened sure. was humanities majors at Stanford plummeted over the course of the 70s. That's why they brought back a course called Western Culture in 1980. And the lead figure in that was a women's studies professor of history who said, we're going to lose all our majors if we don't have that first year of Western Civ. And I called it Western Culture. That's why, you know, famously, eight, eight years later, the, the students marched around campus. Hey, hey, ho, ho, Western Cultures <laughs> got to go. They meant that course. Yeah. Uh, wow. So, but, and, and when they got rid of Western Culture... In the wake of that, humanities majors fell so much that about a dozen yeah. years ago, Stanford said, we have to admit students who are already pledging to major in the wow. humanities. So, yeah. so the, the, the loss of the humanities in that general ed level kills the humanities at the higher level. So, so I, I, I hadn't meant to go into that, but your, your, your story confirms that. So... CLT, you you decide we need an alternative exam with classical content uh, to it. Who, I mean, you're all alone on this, right, at this point?
1: Totally. I, I was alone, but I, I was a college counselor. And so I, was, I, I knew people in admissions at places like Thomas Aquinas College and Christendom and Magdalene, a tiny little school in New Hampshire. And so I was kind of thinking out loud with them of like, what, why are you using what I, what I was seeing as an aggressively secular admission standard? And they were saying, well, there's not anything else out there. You know, I was saying, this is not neutral. Look at the nonsense they're putting on this test. Uh, and and yeah, at some point, you know, the idea popped in my head. Well, what if there was a different one? You know, would you accept that? And right away they said, well, of course, there's not a different one. And I didn't come from the standardized testing arena uh, and, and – If I knew then what I know now, I would not have known how hard the road ahead was going to be. Uh, But how hard could it be to have a different test uh, that reflected a TAC or a Christian education? And they were on board with the concept. And, um, And the stars aligned perfectly is that at the same time, SAT and ACT had aligned with the Common Core. And a lot of people in the homeschool world, in the classical ed world, were saying, we never signed on to this. And now both of the college admissions tests are Common Core aligned. This doesn't make any sense.
0: So how did you? OK, so you have an idea. You talk to some admissions people, say yes. What's your next step?
1: Yeah. This is where the story gets a little bit embarrassing, Mark, because I, I put out a cryptic job description on the Internet for a test developer. The first two people that talk to me say, you can't do that. You can't you can't create an alternative SAT and ACT. And I was like, I don't want you to validate my idea. I just want you to create the test. I don't know how to create a test. And so I I almost give up on the idea. And the last person I talked to is a Harvard graduate, young, 2012 Harvard graduate. Um, And I talked to her about it. She said, I I think I got an idea for what this could look like. We talked about the source material. I said, I want this to Aristotle's politics. I want this, you know, C.S. Lewis in the modern age. So she got an idea and she actually told me what it was going to cost to create a pilot test alone I said, perfect, send me, send me the invoice. In reality, I was a teacher, basically living paycheck to paycheck at the time, running a small SAT prep company. And as soon as she said, send me the invoice, I started calling anybody I knew with money to start to fund this concept. Uh, and eventually talked my college roommate into putting up the seed money uh, to launch CLT a couple months later.
0: All righty, all righty. Uh, it took a few years. Uh, were there certain before what's happened in the last year, which we'll we'll get to, but before that, were there certain threshold moments that you would identify? Huge, huge. Probably the biggest one was Hillsdale College. They adopted in the spring of 2017.
1: And Hillsdale, even to, to date, probably did the most rigorous. And I remember my conversation with, with Doug Bamberg uh, a year before they adopted. And he said, look, Jeremy, Hillsdale loves the concept of CLT but we're not going to put the Hillsdale name behind it unless it's up to snuff. And so they had two different committees. They called literally every college and every high school we worked with. And they pushed us to kind of get our ducks in a row, uh, and to get the right psychometricians involved in terms of really getting the test norm reference and standardized. That was the spring of 2017 national review covered the story. Uh, Stanley Kurtz wrote a, a short little, uh, post on it. And, um, it signaled credibility yeah. for a lot of colleges, and so college adoption became kind of easy at that point.
0: How many colleges did you have just before Hillsdale came on board? Hillsdale was about thirty-five-ish,
1: around thirty, probably about the thirty-fifth college.
0: And a year after Hillsdale came on board, where where were you at? You remember?
1: Uh, probably around a hundred.
0: Boom. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now I, I remember because we 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 talked a little bit, worked a little bit t- together on some things. Baylor's adoption was a key moment. Baylor and Baylor has still kind of you know walked
1: this weird. They accept it for homeschoolers, but still technically not for not homeschoolers. No other college has this weird policy. So Baylor still has this. If you've got friends at Baylor, email them and say adopt CLT. The University of Florida has adopted it. Florida State's adopted it. Yeah, the fact that Baylor is still doing this, we need to hopefully get that fixed.
0: Uh, are there any public universities? colleges outside Florida?
1: Christopher Newport uh, is, is the only major public outside of Florida that's adopted. And and I'll tell you this, Mark, I remember this story early on. I got a chance to meet with a big public. It was a connection from my dad, actually. And I sat down with them and I'll never forget this conversation. It was a provost or some academic dean. And he says, there's no way we can accept a college admissions test that has people like John Paul II and C.S. Lewis on it. He said, there's no way. And I, I said, well, I don't I'm not saying you have to agree with them. But they're two of the most important thinkers of the whole 20th century. Why could they not have a seat at the table? But for him, it was just it was just assumed that you couldn't do that. Why not? You know, that was my question. Why? Well, not? I mean,
0: were, were, there, were there legal issues about you know test bias in, in, in the state? You, you know, a lot of these a lot of these states have bias review panels that forbid any religion. In passages yeah. chosen for the reading exam, uh, was that, I, I mean, it, to, me, yeah. to me, I would say because the test is voluntary, then, well, if you've got someone who, if you have a family that is hostile to Judea- Judaism or Christianity or Islam, they don't have to take the test. Yeah, what's yeah. the problem? Is is it legal? Do you know, or is it just we well, worry about I, I political that, fallout?
1: Sure. The the College Board and ACT set a precedent, um, and we we did an audit on College Board source material in 2016. We had a couple really smart young Princeton graduates do it. They found a total of zero uh, well known Christian thinkers or theologians uh, on any SAT they could find. And a couple years later, we got a chance to meet with an individual from College Board's sensitivity committee. And he kind of disclosed everything. And he said, Jeremy, it is, it is absolutely insane what gets, gets thrown out right now. And so right. in the late 90s, and, and Mark, I actually think the origins of this are not bad. The idea originally was, all right, if a kid had an uncle or something commit suicide, you wouldn't want a reference of suicide on a reading passage. That could be triggering to this student and upsetting. Okay, that's fine. But now, if you have any thinker who's, who's Christian or religious— um, and 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 some standardized testing companies have even gone against the idea that that we would suggest that cisgender gender stuff is normative, and so there's no reference to gender in reading passages that they're looking at. SAT and ACT haven't gone quite that far, but that that's kind of the ethos of a lot of these these left wing standardized testing companies.
0: You know, I did a piece uh, many years ago actually on the bias review stuff, and said that. The conclusion, I mean, California's disqualifications of passages, you can't have any passage with bugs in them, for instance, because some, kid, some kids lives in houses with cockroaches, and this could be uh, distressing yeah. for them. So, but I said that the result is that they end up choosing the most dull, boring, banal yes. passages yes. that itself yes. makes for a struggle to read. You're you're adding totally. a factor of oh my goodness this writing there is there is the writing is, is so it's so plain uh, oh it's it's just, it's deadening and that this actually should be should be a factor in in psychometry I bet psychometricians, I bet you can find sure, and- stuff on boredom affecting <laughs> reading comprehension in in these in these but nope nope this is where we end up. You know, let's talk about penguins in Antarctica. Uh, Totally. Totally. Okay, great. Yeah. 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 Anyway. And
1: we're we're taking the exact opposite approach, Mark, in in saying that, look, if a passage can't offend anyone, it's probably not very important either. And a lot of the texts we're putting in front of students, even texts, you know, we've got Darwin on our author bank and we have Karl Marx and some people don't like that. Um, If it's not distressing to anyone, at least in their own time period, it's probably not worth reading either.
0: Yeah. Let me get to another issue, uh, because I want to, I want to talk about this. We're talking about college prep, but my son took the CLT last spring or end of the spring, early summer, and he didn't do it for college prep because his application was already in the previous fall. And he was going to a school, a music school, uh, that did not require any, any test, any standardized test. Uh, but he took it anyway because of the homeschool issue in the state of Virginia. Virginia require I was homeschooling him, Virginia requires the end of the year some kind of test that shows mm-hmm. progress. And I think that's okay for, for the state to, to do that. Just, just let, let's see uh, if, if the student has, has, has developed. And so I wrote to the, I mean, they had a list of tests, the Iowa test, the SAT, ACT. And I wrote to the superintendent of, of, of assessment and said, "Can can the CLT qualify?" And I sent the materials, and he wrote back and says, "Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll take those results as well." <laughs> so I think that people should know that if you want, if your state does require at home school uh, end of the year. a a test, you can ask CLT. Will CLT count? Especially if you've got, if you're doing a homeschool curriculum that has some classical orientation. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And we do now, Mark, have a map that's updated on our website that's frequently updated uh, that shows the states where we currently satisfy testing requirements for homeschool or private school or or whatever. We, We keep that
0: very updated. And you have versions for lower grades. Tell us about that.
1: Yeah, we launched third through, through eighth grade this past year. And I'd love to just take a minute, if I could, to kind of tell the story of how and why we launched this. Because Please. for a, lo- a long time, you know, in the business world, they talk about the hedgehog concept. Don't get distracted. Do what you do. And we always said, we do college entrance. And for a long time, heads of school were saying, you know, Jeremy, we love the CLT concept, but it's so hard to back away from the PSAT. Can't you do lower grade? We said, no, no, no. We think this is where the influence is. We want to do, we want to stick at these levels. Well, about a year and a half ago, uh, a head of school in Texas, um, was kind of insisting that we hopped on a Google meet or a Zoom together. And she did a screen share, Mark, and she showed me what NWEA maps was putting in front of students and what was recommending ways to make five-year-olds allies, um, and the books to read. And one of the recommended books was The Drag Queen's Hips Go Swish, 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 and you sing it to the melody of the wheels on the bus go round and round. Five year olds, Mark, five year olds. And this woman told me this, and she's crying. And she says, Jeremy, please, she said, I, I will get fired before I, I administer any tests from this godless company to my students. My job's to protect them. She said, please create something better. And so we got off, and we said, all right, we're going to do it. And that was, we've been thinking about it for years. And we got off that call and we said, we're going to do it.
0: And wh- where is it now? How, how many, you you're getting a lot of test takers for those lower it's been, grades? It's
1: been, it's been incredible. You know, we, we had a goal uh, last spring, six months ago for, for piloting it. It was free. We had a goal of 15,000. We ended up with well over 20,000 students that took it. It was norm referenced and standardized over the summer. And now it's available for schools uh, to sign up for the fall for this coming spring. And demand has been absolutely incredible.
0: States tend to be red states that, that accept it or, or you got some blue states, too.
1: We would love blue states. But, Mark, the, the states are overwhelmingly red right now.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think that what, what the argument with blue states is is the argument for for choice, right, for diversity, for variety. No, this is just an option. And we think we think it's pretty solid, and we're we're, we're getting data now uh, that that show the reliability uh, of of the test. So come on, let's let's <laughs> let's let's get on there. Uh, okay, recently you've been getting a lot of attention. I was at your academic summit a few weeks ago in Annapolis, and I was surprised to see some journalists there. One was from the New Yorker. Uh, another one from Mother, Mother Jones of all places. Yes, Ki- was, Kiara Butler and Emma Green. Yes, was yes. was in the room. Uh, there may have been others. Someone from the Post, maybe. I I don't know. I don't know. But uh, why has CLT suddenly become sort of a national story? Was it the Florida issue? Yeah,
1: it, it was. I mean, we we had never gotten a mention in in the New York Times or or, some, or you know Washington Post or some of these, and and so. Just in the past five months, you know, Wall Street Journal, multiple times, New York Times, Washington Post, Inside Higher Ed, Chronicle of Higher Ed. So I, I think folks understand that this is this is big. And I, I, I'll quote David Coleman here, um, Mark, who's the CEO of the college board. And the way that he puts it is that there's no force on earth that's strong enough to prevent teachers from teaching to the test. You change the test, it has all of these upstream and downstream impacts on what happens in the classroom. I think folks know that. And if there's going to be serious change in, in what we're doing at the secondary level, you've got to change the most important test. Yeah. And that has been the SAT and ACT. So I think folks know that it, it, it's a it's a big deal. And my approach is we think what we're doing is absolutely defensible, is absolutely logical, isn't racist. And so, you know, Kira but- Butler from uh, Mother Jones wanted to chat. Uh, we were surprised. She took a, a real interest in it, and I think that there is um, there's going to be a reckoning I think that's going to happen uh, on the far left. The last thing I think folks on the far left want to be is anti-intellectual. and I think to be you know uh, <laughs> shouting down Aristotle and uh, Plato uh, that that's anti-intellectual. and yeah. I think that that they're going to want to avoid that at some point.
0: You know, an NBC reporter, I don't know if the story ever came out, called me to interview me about, about CLT. And he he raised the issue of it being a, a, a geo-Christian test. And I said, well, let me put it this way. We, we want the tests at the college prep level to be a reliable indicator of performance at the next level. Now, the most important book in all of American history is You Know What? And of course I I, 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 I I think it's the dumbest generation. <laughs> I, I waited, I, I didn't I didn't fill in the blank. I waited for him to fill in the blank and he didn't fill in the blank and I said King James. And I'm not sure he knew what I meant when I said King James, and I said the, the yeah. King James Bible. Have you ever read the speeches of Abraham Lincoln? Huh? You ever read the poetry of Walt Whitman by, by, by chance? Anyway, it's all over the place. And I said, so if you have read King James, it's going to help you to understand a lot of American political discourse, American literature, uh, American oratory, and that's going to make a difference. If you're in a class in in you know history of history of U.S. government, and you're sitting next to a guy who's never read King James, and you have you got an advantage. You got the background knowledge, right? The cultural literacy that Edie Hirsch said was argued for 40 years is so essential to performance. So that's validation of the CLT exam at the next level. And I I mean I had to explain this to yeah. him. And I mean the journalists that, that I mean, we know that you know journalists are not terribly well educated. People they're not well read they're lazy and they're they're complacent and and so you have to explain these things to them. Have stories come out? I've been happy with overall happy with the with the publicity.
1: You know what one thing I've been uh, so Angel Adams Parham is our, our board president uh, and she's done a great job. And, and a couple of times she talked to you know Chronicle or Washington Post or others, and I, I think she got a sense that they were going to write a hit piece. And it was going to be – and one of the things Angel said is, look, if you try to paint CLT as just this right-wing culture war thing, you know, she said that the people who are going to pay for that are going to be people who look like my kiddos. She, she's an African-American professor at UVA. And she said uh, CLT is not going to hurt from that. But, but what's going to happen is people who look like my kids are not going to want to send their kids to classical schools. I thought the Washington Post was actually pretty fair. Yeah. I thought New York Times talked to Dana Goldstein for a long, long time. I thought she was pretty fair uh, as well. So overall, I think we've been pretty happy. And a lot of that I, I would attribute to our board president, uh, Angel Adams Farm.
0: But my assumption is that it's not the test itself that bothers people, really, but what it represents. It, it, it's sort of the return of Western civilization. We got rid ah. of that. Come on. <laughs> and now and now, you're, now it's back? Isn't that the, the issue? Oh, totally. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, your politic approach is we' are an option it's uh it's a big it's a big world out there. We think that what we do is is a good assessment of 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 the full education picture of of a student uh what uh, last question uh what what are we going to see from c l t anything big coming in the next three years?
1: Man, three years. I'd love to go beyond that. Uh, we, we've got a, a goal. and We've got 17 years left to do it. We want to be number one over SAT and ACT nationwide. Uh, and we've got an incredible, we hire big from Hillsdale, big from Patrick Henry College, uh, from the University of Dallas, from TAC. I mean, we're, we're doing this with, with students that have gone to these kinds of, of colleges. They make the very, very best employees. We have an incredible teamwork uh, and we're super aggressive. Uh, We think that College Board and ACT are toxic. Um, I'm very confident we're going to be in legislation in several states in the next few years. Uh, I think uh, you've you've been involved in some of those states already, some of the ones that we're talking to right now. Uh, So I I think the future is bright. As you said, a lot of folks uh, are are copying the good work that Governor DeSantis is doing in Florida. Uh, I think we have reason to believe CLT is going to be another front that's going to happen.
0: Sounds good. We'll have you on in, in uh in a year again, Jeremy, to fill us in on where CLT stands. Uh for now. Thank you for joining us. Mark, thank you.